Ladies and gentlemen, drivers, gig workers, and everyone in between, welcome to This Week in Rideshare Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Hoffa. It is Friday, January 13th, and this week, a glitch gone wrong, City Council joins drivers, and Instacart pays up. Legal Rideshare breaks it down. And of course, from Legal Ride Chair, I'm joined by co-founder and lead attorney, Bryant Greening. Bryant, how are you? I'm doing well, Jared. Happy Friday. Yeah, happy Friday. Um, it's as, as we discussed last week, it's already off to a pretty wild start and a little bit of deja vu. So let's jump right into it. We're going to hit it off with Monday. A part-time Instacart shopper, and I preface part-time, you know, has detailed the ups and downs of the job. And now this is from a blog called Scary Mommy, and they added... Uh, some some conversation she had and she says quote i've learned a lot during the first few batches or trips you know for instance on my second attempt at grabbing groceries i didn't stop to look at what was being ordered nor did i consider that i should she later explains that you know she was actually quite sick and she said imagine my horror when that 18 dollar batch of 24 items included two flats of water multiple 12 uh, packs of pop and a giant jug of laundry detergent and she says it gets worse. I then had to go to a second floor condo. So I think what's interesting to point out here, and again, I, I preface part-time shopper because I understand Instacart shoppers already know this. And I hope if there's uh, customers or clients or non-Instacart shoppers um, listening to this podcast, there's a lot more involved with Instacart gig workers than just going and collecting items. And we're, we're just seeing that in a blog post. It's, it's a lot of work. It really is. And, you know, one of the ways in which legal rideshare is different than a lot of the other firms out there is that we understand that when we talk to drivers and, and uh, Instacart workers and, you know, anybody else in the gig economy, we're fully aware that this is hard labor in a lot of ways. And, and it really helps us when we're talking to the insurance companies about accident and injury claims. You know, they may say, hey, you're Instacart uh, shopper. Why couldn't they work when they had a you know a sprain or strain in their neck? Well, this is exactly why. You know, we see time and time again that um, there's heavy lifting. If you're on the road a lot, there's a lot of twisting and turning. There's bumps that you're going over. It, there are a variety of ways in which you can be injured on the job, or an injury can keep you off the job. And you know, that's what, really what stuck out to me with this post is it's just preaching to the choir to. Um, to us and to gig workers who, who uh, work the jobs every day, just how demanding these uh, these gigs actually are. Yeah, and it you know it reminds me again of of the of actually the situation that we that we broke during the pandemic with the tip baiting that was happening to Instacart drivers when we when we discovered you know that people were you know tipping really high and then pulling the tip away. It, you know it's insane, and that was during the height of the pandemic. You know, again, it just reminds you that, look, gig work is not easy. And just like you said, you know, when insurance companies are attacking these people and saying, well, why, you know, why can't, why do they need this money? And it's like, well, it's pretty obvious. And, and again, this woman was just, she was just doing this uh, as a part-time kind of supplementing her income. It wasn't even a full-time gig. And she immediately saw, okay, this is a lot harder than it looks. And I, I just think that needed to be pointed out. Yeah, I wish a lot of people knew that. You know, people who use these apps as customers whether it's rideshare or delivery or, or you name it, 
they just don't get what goes on on the other side. So a little bit of respect and a little bit of empathy could go a long way um, to maybe creating a better environment for everybody. Absolutely. All right. And as we head into Tuesday, I can't say that we didn't see this one coming. Uh, Tesla's self-driving feature caused a major accident in San Francisco, the Intercept reported. Quote, highway surveillance footage from Thanksgiving Day shows a Tesla Model S vehicle changing lanes and then abruptly breaking in the far left lane of the San Fran Bay Bridge, which resulted in an eight-vehicle crash. The crash injured nine people, including a two-year-old child, uh, and blocked traffic, obviously, for hours. The driver told the police that he had been using Tesla's new full self-driving feature. Um, before it kind of just went crazy, brakes activated and moved in the left lane. And I think what's interesting about this is right before the crash, Tesla's CEO, Elon Musk, basically announced you know, Tesla's full self-driving capability that's now available in North America. You know, this is a major milestone and you know, it's rolled out to 285,000 people in the country. So perhaps irony, perhaps caution. I don't know, Brian, what do you think? I think caution is the word. Uh, you know, these self-driving cars are obviously the way of the future. I mean, we're eventually going to get there, but I think this accident shows that we're not there yet. And the fact that these companies like Tesla or Uber or you name it are putting self-driving cars on our roads without human oversight or you know substantial uh, you know ability to to correct. Uh, the wrongs of the technology is really hazardous. And, you know, they're going to bear a, a, a big price. They're going to have to pay a big price when crashes like this occur. Um, companies have a responsibility to put safe vehicles on the roadway. And when the technology fails and people get hurt, they need to take responsibility. Um, so I'm, I'm hopeful that Tesla will do that. Um, and I'm hopeful that there will be uh, corrections to the technology and legislation that goes through that requires safety um, before something like this happens again. I also feel like there's just a missing portion of regulation as well because we get. I feel like, and you know, this is your expertise, Brian. Is the situation of who's at fault if they can argue? Tesla is going to probably argue that hey, the driver should have been aware. I mean, I could see in the future situations where certain areas of a highway are regulated full self-driving versus non-areas, things like that that might prevent these type of situations from happening. There's just so many unknowns. And what's scary to me, especially about Tesla, is Elon has, has voiced multiple times that he's really less interested in the idea of it being an EV and really only focused long-term on self-driving. And you know, anyone who's following his stock is, is seeing this, this stock start to drop and other people get into the market. And now, you know, he's basically saying his only leg up is going to be self-driving. So my concern is he's going to push it before it's ready. And that's what we see with all the tech companies. You know, Uber had the accident a couple of years ago. We now see one with Tesla. Everybody is racing to be first. And I, I do think that our our legislators, I think that you know the government needs to get involved to regulate. Um, I I don't think that it's an appropriate course of action to put dangerous technology on the roads where it's already dangerous. You know, there's these are fast moving 
heavy vehicles going high speeds, things should be moving slowly to ensure safety. And when it comes to who's responsible, the companies should not be able to point the finger at others. They need to take responsibility when their technology fails. Yeah, totally. And, you know, we've talked before. I'm sure this will get brought up again. I'm sure this issue will happen again. Uh, Let's head over to Wednesday. Again, no surprise here. Drivers continue to struggle to make ends meet. Uh, The New York Times reported a really interesting statistic here. They said, quote, Uber and Lyft drivers now earn less in fares and tips than taxi drivers, according to new data from the Taxi and Limousine Commission, which regulates both groups. So they broke it down. They said during the month of September, Uber and Lyft drivers earned an average total of about $5,046, which includes about $277 in tips. But while those in taxis earned $5,844 and $865 in tips, so they're making about $800 more plus you know, $600 more in tips, um, they go on to say uh, and go to tap a transportation consultant And he basically said what we already know. He said the app services make money by charging passengers as much as they can and paying drivers as little as possible. And his exact words are the point of the business is to squeeze both the driver and passenger as much as possible because that's how the companies make money. So, Brian, you know, nothing new here, but every, you know, it's 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 there. It's there for everyone to see. Let's put it that way. Yeah, no, it's it's sad. It's it's a bit ironic that we're in this position now where taxis are outpacing rideshare in terms of wages. When it started, you know, back in the you know the 2010s, um, rideshare drivers were making a lot of money. The companies were promising them uh, living wages, and drivers were making living wages. Slowly uh, but surely, those wages continued to drop, and, and now we see where we are where the industry that rideshare essentially killed is a better job. Um, so obviously we, we would like to see, um, you know, changes made. We would like to see city councils step up, which we'll see later in the week or, you know, later in, the, in uh, our episode today that one city council is doing that to ensure that drivers are protected. We'd like to see the companies guarantee some sort of minimum wage so that drivers know that they have a floor um, and until that happens, there's just going to be more and more squeezing. Customers are going to pay more. Drivers are going to make less. And these billion-dollar companies are just going to get richer and richer. You know, it, it, exactly. And it reminds me of um, – I was just in London a couple months ago, and I, I, I took a long Uber ride from London to the airport. It was like an, it was like an hour-and-a-half ride. It was nuts. I forget why. But anyway, so I had a chance to talk to the driver and um, – it's really interesting because we, we've talked about this before, especially with some regulations and protections for drivers in Europe um, versus here. And when I was explaining to him how it is in America, he couldn't believe it. I mean, he was his exact words were, well, how, how do they survive? And I said, well, they don't, you know, because he was talking about, he, you know, they have sick pay and time off. And if something happens, there's there's compensation for it. And, you know, this guaranteed basically a wage. And it's amazing. And in you know, we're seeing what happened in New York, which is the negative side where they lost the battle. But you know, there are some wins here. And I actually want to head over into Thursday, which it's, you know, there's, there's a win coming, I think. And it's good news. So this is uh, about Minnesota. So the Minnesota City Council is joining forces with Uber and Lyft drivers. Now, this is from Star Tribune. They reported, quote, standing along, alongside dozens of organized Uber and Lyft drivers, 
a group of council members Thursday pledged to push for what they billed as, quote, some of the strongest protections for rideshare workers in the country. The council members, council members offered a few details, but said they'll begin drafting an ordinance that would provide baseline requirements for drivers' wages and benefits, which includes unemployment insurance and medical uh, or workers' compensation programs. So um, really good news. It's great to see that council members are teaming up with Uber drivers. They're not an afterthought in Minnesota. Really happy. Well, it, it gives hope to the movement. And ultimately, I think this is going to be done on a small scale. We need local governments to step up and provide benefits to their workers and, and their communities. And community by community will be able to guarantee protections. And if you know the, the Minneapolis can do it, then why can't Detroit do it? And why can't Chicago do it? And why can't Des Moines do it? And eventually you have a whole region. And as it grows, as we get more um, council members uh, in various cities to stand by workers, I think it puts pressure on the state government then and then the federal government. Um, so, you know, it's going to be a long road and we've seen it's a long road, but stories like this one uh, give me hope and uh, optimism as to where we're headed in the future. Yeah, I, th I think you nailed it, Brian. I think it's I think the idea of the small wins could lead to big wins. So if there's small wins in, like you said, Minnesota, Iowa, you know, smaller places, then it, that could become its own alliance of the Midwest where maybe or even with the bigger cities like Chicago, or New York can look at that and go, OK, now we have a framework and we can work around that. And I, now I could be mistaken here because they don't mention it specifically, but um, you know, they said you know, dozens of organized Uber and Lyft drivers in Minnesota. I'm almost positive that's MOLDA. Now, that's an organization, a, a gig worker, driver, Uber and Lyft organization specifically in Minnesota. So if anyone's listening who's part of that organization, please confirm that that's the case. But um, I, we had recently just talked to them. Um, and I, we know that they were doing big things and they had a, a really tight group of drivers. So it's great that the council members are joining them and, and saying, hey, let's let's make this work. It's a win-win. And it shows, yeah, it shows the power of collective bargaining in a sense. You know, these are not formal unions, but they're groups of drivers with common interests and who are willing to fight together. Um, these companies, these Ubers, Lyfts, Instacarts, they work really hard to separate workers, to make workers, um, you know, feel autonomous um, and, and alone when these drivers, when these workers can get together and make their voice louder collectively, things get done. Um, and this is just an example of that. Yeah, which is, as always, as we love to see, love that it's moving forward. Uh, we're going to head to Friday. Instacart pays up. Now, this is from Engadget. They explain that Instacart will pay workers $5.1 as part of a settlement after it allegedly failed to provide some benefits. Um, the company, which has not admitted any wrongdoing, will pay an additional 150000 to cover the city's legal costs and pay for a settlement administrator to distribute the funds. So basically, people who worked as an independent contractor for Instacart between February of 2017 and December of 2020 are eligible for payments based on how many hours they worked. So San Francisco estimates that between 6,000 and 7,000 people are affected by the settlement. Um, and then, of course, after December 15th, Instacart workers were subject to Prop 22. 
So this is that uh, space in between. I think it's pretty ironic, Brian. It, it kind of is uh, kind of shows what happens when when you have protections in place pre Prop Twenty Two. Yeah. So wait, you're telling me that a gig company tried to screw its workers? Is that <laughs> you shocker, right? <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Oh wait, I'm I'm blown away. Yeah. Um, no, this is just. I think it's exactly what what you just said. You know, protections really matter, and when things are when the companies are required to pay up and to protect workers, and you know, provide certain levels of benefits that every worker in our country should have. Um, you know, it's a good thing. And I'm glad that they're being held accountable. And I'm glad that the money's eventually getting where it needs to go. I think there's probably a lot of workers out there who could have used it um, in real time. But uh, I guess late is better than never. And hopefully, um, this sends a message to gig companies uh, nationwide, uh, that you got to follow the law, you've got to provide, you know, the benefits that are required to your workers. And uh, there's going to be consequences if you don't. I, I, I could be wrong here, but I think this is the clearest, most transparent example of a company having to pay, you know, its fair share to drivers versus them creating a law where they don't have to pay anything. I mean, it could not be more black and white than Lily saying, okay, before this, this Prop 22 was created by us, you know, we, we owed drivers way more money. I think that's crazy to me how clear it is. Yeah, it, it is. It's cut and dry. And it, it, I mean, it's just obvious that they screwed over the worker and now they're paying yeah. the price. So, yeah. um, you know, I certainly, like I said before, we would have liked to see this and these payments in real time because that's when drivers really need them. But, um, you know, accountability is important and it serves as a deterrent to future bad actors. Um, so this is good. This is a good story uh, and, and hopefully furthers our cause. Totally agree. All right. Well, that's the end of this week. Uh, Brian, I'll, I'll give you the floor as always before we sign off. Yeah. Um, as, as always, we just want to invite our listeners to reach out to us for any um, assistance that they may need after an accident or injury. Um, Legal Rideshare is the first law firm in the United States that's entirely dedicated to Uber, Lyft, and gig-related accident and injury claims. Consultations are always free, um, meaning it doesn't cost anything to talk to me. Um, so please don't hesitate to reach out sooner is better than later. Um, we want to give you the information you need to arm yourself, um, to make the best out of any unfortunate situation. Awesome. Thank you, Bryant. And that is the end of this week in rideshare. See you next week.